Hey, fellas. Welcome to Guys in Grief, sponsored by Emma's Footprints and First Candle. We started this podcast for fathers like us that have experienced pregnancy or infant loss. You see, when we went through these life-changing experiences, we struggled to find resources that were specifically for men in support of navigating this grieving process. We're not doctors. We're not psychiatrists. We're three friends. We're grieving fathers that have been through the unthinkable and want to help others by talking about the unique and often undiscussed perspective of men that have experienced child loss. We welcome you to join us on this journey. Share your stories, the challenges, laugh with us, maybe shed a tear or two, and help each other as we navigate honoring our children, grief, supporting our family, and trying to find better days ahead. Let's get into it. Well, hey, fellas, I'm Brad. I'm Brian. Damn it. Oh, I'm <laughs> I did it on purpose too. I was like, I, I, I jabbed that one in there. Too, I, <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna oh, we're three clowns where yeah, we can't yeah. get our name organization right. Hopefully, you know our names by this. Yeah, point. good point. Good point. I, I'm just gonna keep serving it up until we get that one right again. Uh, I'm doing great. How about you? Wonderful, uh, Brian. Yeah, I'm doing so good. I went skiing with my son today. Nice uh, in Connecticut, and it was it was awesome. He, we finally went up to like the big hill, and he crushed it. It was it was awesome. He's quite the athlete, isn't he? He he loves his sports. Yeah, just like his dad. Awesome, awesome. Congrats. Where did you go, Brian? Mount Southington. It's yeah. like forty five minutes from where we live. It's like super easy mountain, and you know, good Kitty Hill. And uh, yeah, I went with another dad and his son. It was great. Awesome. Well, guys, yeah. I got you on the bunny hill. <laughs> or oh, the, yeah. Or the bar after, probably. Might now. Hey, now. Ta da. Opera ski. That's right. <laughs> guys, I got two things I'm super excited about. One, we all get to see each other this weekend. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. We got theme music for that. Dun, That's, dun, dun, oh, man. I got to start working I'm on so excited. Stuff. When's the last time we saw each other? I think the oh, infamous person. the infamous golf photo that is yeah. on the Instagram. Oh, my God. As yeah. far as us all seeing each other. I've seen Brandon all the time. As everybody, <laughs> I think, knows, we're family. Uh, Brian, we saw each other for the fantasy draft uh, yeah. six months ago or so. But it has been a minute since all of us have been together. <laughs> Uh, listeners, the uh, Emma Foot, Emma's Footprints has uh, an annual winter gala, and we will be in attendance. We'll be uh, sharing about the pod, and uh, it's going to be a really amazing experience being there to support Emma's, uh, but frankly, just to be back together with the boys. So booted I'm excited and booted. Brandon's going to be wearing his finest threads. Yes, that means a Bills jersey. <laughs> Bills fitted. And my Brooks, because my feet hurt, because I'm old now. So, <laughs> Brian, you want to do the Dumb and Dumber suits at first, right? Uh, I I already looked up the pricing, and I may be wearing something that is close to it, but classy. <laughs> Fair enough. Pen, is it a penguin suit? Please say it's a penguin suit. Uh, it's it's close to it. He's gonna make us look bad. Uh, it's one of those T-shirts that's a suit that's like a tuxedo <laughs> T-shirt oh, party. <laughs> That's, That's like right. a bachelor party t-shirt. Jeez. Yeah. And it gives me the six six uh, abs that I don't have, the six oh, pack. Fair enough. Yeah. It's impressive. Enough. Uh, second thing I'm excited about, guys, uh, is maybe excited is a weird word, but uh, as you know, and I think many of our listeners know, March is Pregnancy After Loss Awareness Month. 
Um, mm-hmm. We just, today is March 1st that we're recording. We released our last episode on having children after loss correlated perfectly with the beginning of the month. Uh, but I've got some news to share with you guys, not for myself, but our guy Shane Connolly is pregnant again. Oh, that's awesome. awesome. Congrats, Shane. Oh, my gosh. Excellent. Congrats, bud. <laughs> so I think you're a hockey player. That's right. Yes. Anybody that's listened, Shane was our Who's very she? first guest. Oh, that's uh, awesome. I don't have a ton of the details how far along or any of that, but uh, he texted me a couple days ago and let me know the good news. Uh, his emotions, understandably, are all over the place, uh, very much aligned with what we talked about last episode. Mm-hmm. But couldn't be more happy for them, and uh, and we'll we'll be praying and pulling for the Connolly family. Absolutely. Absolutely. Way to go, Shane! That's awesome. Congrats, bud. Brian, why don't you uh, take us into GG Q and A? Okay, G and G Q and A. So uh, this week, I'd love to dive into how we all handled the anniversaries, um, and I know all of our listeners know what we're talking about. It's uh, the birth dates. It's the uh, due dates. It's the, maybe the day you found out you were pregnant, um, with your partner. Um, it, they're obviously very difficult dates. Um, in some cases, it's also the, the death date, um, in my instance. And it's not just the date. It's, it's the weeks leading up to, to date. I know we've had to postpone some podcasts because it was, leading up to these anniversaries and it's a very tough time. So I'd like to dive in, Brad, you go first, but talk a little bit about how you and Jess handled those dates and how you felt during it. And I'd also learn like how every anniversary, have you gotten better or Mm. is it still the same pain and, and difficulty? Yeah. So, um, the, with Beckham, when we, uh, we lost him as I've talked about November 19th, 2020. And so, uh, for me, the big date is that day. Um, you know, his actual due date is I, I can navigate, uh, this is a little bit harder for Jessica, but for me, I can navigate, um, you know, any of the other sort of significant, the, the due date is the big one in my eyes uh, or the day that we met him rather. I'm sorry. And so we were trying to put ourselves, this is, we were in the transition phase living in Ohio on our way between Connecticut and Pennsylvania. And we said, you know, let's just get a night to ourselves. We're going to rent a hotel room in downtown Pittsburgh, go for a dinner, you know, be away from Ashton for a little bit. Cause we're probably going to be in our feelings all night long and we don't need him to see that all day. Um, and let's just kind of get away and, and be together. And then for those of you that listened to my pod the day before that, we lost Ariana. And so we still went, um, we still, uh, had a, a, a nice night. We didn't go out to dinner. We ordered room service in the hotel room, but, um, we needed, that became a sort of dual experience for us, both grieving Beckham and then obviously in real time grieving Ari. Um, and I realized that experience, I hope, is not very relatable to many because of the, the, the timing. This past year, just a couple months ago, um, we really tried to um, to put some positivity in the world. And so what we actually ended up doing was for November 18th and 19th, we spent those days at Magic Kingdom and went down to Disney. And we were there for almost a week. And... We knew we were going to be miserable for the whole week leading up. Clearly, those two days, uh, emotions all over the place. And we thought, why not 
put ourselves in the happiest place on earth and try to honor them and celebrate them. And we did things at Disney and with the characters and you know, released balloons that we wrote their names on at Disney. I don't know if you're allowed to do that. We probably got, could have gotten in trouble, um, get wrapped up in the, uh, <laughs> the tower somewhere on a, on a roller coaster. Uh, but we did it and mm-hmm. it was super cathartic for us, obviously incredibly heavy. Uh, and I'm kind of choosing to not talk all the heavy stuff on this and just focusing on, on my case here on the, how we, try to put some positivity in the those difficult times. Yeah, I think that's really special that uh you know you went outside the box a little bit and dedicated special time for you and Jess at that moment. Um you know, Brandon tell us a little bit about you know some yeah. of the anniversaries. The anniversary story. For story her anniversary is coming up April 7th yeah. really soon. So um first anniversary I, I think it was we planned on going to Disney also. I think that was the biggest thing. But we couldn't do it on our birthday. Wait, no. Remember, it was COVID. COVID. Literally we were COVID go to, hit. Literally COVID hit. And so what we were going to do was we were going to go to Tampa to WrestleMania. When WrestleMania. B, when Brad worked for uh, WWE. And we were going to go there, have a good time, and then go to Disney and, and celebrate um, Gabby's birthday. And we couldn't Stories. go because of COVID. Sorry, sorry, Jesus Christ, you're right. Yeah, I'm looking at Gabby because she's also too. So I'm looking at that picture. <laughs> but uh, story, story, uh, story's birthday for our anniversary. So and yeah, a month like, earlier, COVID. Our, oh my gosh, yeah, that was that was be the best trip ever, by the way. But yeah, then, and, and were yeah. you guys able to both actually be in the <clears> moment <throat> with each other, or were you there and you're like, this is. All I can think about is... I'm not going to lie to you. I was kind of numb to it, to be honest with you. And I was more, again, going back to my stage of being the protector and making sure Joellen was okay. Really stepping in on that role and just making sure she was comfortable and she was okay and making sure the again, going back to the routine of that, I, that I am, making sure the house is okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, wow. Like, it, it's coming back to me, like, more because I kind of, like, just put those things away within after it happens. I'm like, all right, we're, we're through it. Everyone's okay. Let's, let's keep it going here. Um, after that, we donated, I think we did the same thing that we did during Christmas, just donated gifts to the sister's hospital. Um, and then from there, it, I think, well, we had birthday cake. So we kind of make sure we do it. We do a family. That's right. Yeah. We have, we have yeah. a birthday cake. I, I we do the same birthday thing. cake, and we have like a, a family gathering. Gabby gets to you know help out, blow out candles and stuff like that for Story's birthday. Um, we Facetime our parents, and if they want to stop by, they stop by. But we Facetime Brad and stuff like that, and Jess and Ashton. So we we kind of keep it in a real family aspect of things, and, and keep it real intimate. I guess I can call it. So what about yeah, you, Brian? That that's really interesting because. Uh, you guys kind of scheduled things directly with your spouse and in our situation, especially that first anniversary was like, it felt impossible. Like you feel the weight of it coming up. Like Mm -hmm. Austin's birthday was, is December 14th. I mean, we felt it in Thanksgiving, like end of November. You're like, I, I don't know how I'm going to be able to function that day. Like it's just the sadness just starts weighing on you. And 
we we made the decision, especially the first anniversary, uh, to spend it with family. And we we thought having family around was the best thing for us because there's just a lot of love. It, you know, it, it, it's a little bit of a distraction that, you know, that you got people around, family around. And I think that helped us. Every year we go to his grave and we spend a couple hours there and we bring sandwiches. We essentially like have lunch at his, as gravestone. And, um, you know, we do birthday cake and, you know, with, that feels nice to sing him happy birthday. Um, but it, it's, it, it's so tough and it, as far as it getting easier or harder, it, it doesn't, it, you yeah. know, it's, I mean, you know, I had to postpone a podcast, like I said earlier, be, and I'm, you know, well, I'm in our fourth anniversary of it, I think. So it's that, that, that time, his birth date and his death date for the fathers that, you know, have lost uh, their kids, you know, after uh, whether it's SIDS or anything like that, that the death date is also just, it, it kills me because we lost Austin on Martin Luther King junior day or weekend. It was actually his day. And God, whenever that holiday, unfortunately comes up, it, it it's the same anniversary and it just, it, it crushes us. There's, I, I can't work. So all those dads out there that are like trying to battle through it, like it's okay to say, I don't need to work today. Like today I, I need to be with my spouse and my family. And I think that's really important because the anniversaries can be really tough. It brings you back to that moment that it was just the worst moment of your life. And I think it's important to just take time with your spouse and family. Like you guys talked about, you, you hit on a big point there, Brian, that I, I, I meant to weigh in on, but I feel like on the anniversaries, we've mentioned this on other pods, but like, the over communication, the over displays of emotion and love and support. Mm -hmm. I've had, uh, I've not had to, I've tried to be really intentional on those days of, you know, clearing my calendar, going above and beyond to show Jessica how much she means to me and Ashton, how much he means to me and, and just be there. And the triggers that normally might set me off, um, just trying to be really present in that space so that I don't get, because you're going to have every wave of emotion coming your direction, um, trying to not uh, ignore those emotions, but embrace them and recognize, you know, this is all a part of the feeling of, of honoring my children on this day. And so breathe through it, recognize it, communicate with your spouse and, uh, and move forward. Did you guys feel like it got better at all? As Anna, like, I know it's been, you know, a couple, two to three times, but yeah. I mean, did you feel like it was a little bit easier following yours or for me, kind of I the think, same pain? For me, I think it, 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 it has gotten easier. I mean, it's still, you know, a punch in the gut during yeah. that time. Like the more I'm sitting here thinking about it, I'm like, wow, it is like very coming up soon, coming up soon, coming up soon. Like you keep thinking about it. I'm like, okay. Yeah. You got to kind of get yourself prepared, but it is, I mean, I, I for me, at least, I know some fellows can disagree and say it still effing sucks. Yeah, yeah. And we totally understand that. <laughs> like, totally understand. 
Yeah, I mean, year one on Beckham in the RE scenario was just, I mean, that that's unfathomable and, and hard to, you know, yeah. that, nothing's going to be like that ever again. And then you fast forward to a couple of days in Disney. Uh, yeah, I mean, certainly a lot easier when you're making your son smile the whole time. So it did, the, the emotions necessarily didn't get easier, um, but my coping maybe has. Oh, good, 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 great, good, good, good. Great statement, by the way. Yeah. Thanks, bud. One last point. You you brought up spending time with your living children. I think that it's also anniversaries can be a time to remind your living children that they do have a sibling and they were here. And we do spend a lot of time talking to our kids here with us about Austin and what he meant to us and that he he's their sibling and they should talk to, you know, people as he's their sibling. He's just in heaven. So it is a good opportunity to use anniversaries to just remember and, and honor your lost ones. Great point. Uh, awesome. Gene G Q and a, as always, Brian, uh, really, uh, excellent topic. And I'm excited to pivot here and welcome in uh, our guests for the evening. Come on in to the studio, Mr. Scott Stoops. Hello. Hey, Scott. Hey, how Scott. are you? Doing great, guys. How are you? Doing well. Doing, well. doing great. Thanks for joining us. No problem. I, first of all, I love your names, Brad, Brandon, and Brian. All bees, <laughs> right? <fantastic>. No. <laughs> well, and also I our know. guest last week was a Scott. So uh, you oh, know that's wild. Brian talks all the time about look for the the signs, and those are a couple of them right there, man. Huh? Yeah, it must yeah. be. <laughs> so Scott, yeah. thank you so much for uh, your support with the pod and being on here with us today. And. We, we know you've got uh, quite a story to tell. And so we'll get into that in just a moment here. First, we got to know who's your dad and what does he do? Uh, tell us a little <laughs> bit about who you are. What, you know, what does Scott do for fun? Where Scott live? Uh, what's work? You know, all the things that make you who you are aside from, you know, the story that we'll get into. Yeah. Okay. So my name is Scott Stoops. I'm 35 years old and I live in Erie, Pennsylvania, and that is the home for Emma's Footprints. And I met you guys through them, actually. Um, and you guys were down at the walk in Pittsburgh, I believe, right. uh, this mm-hmm. past fall. So um, I didn't like I didn't know you, but I probably saw you there. So yeah. <laughs> I was actually right. don't worry about it. Uh, yeah, right. it was, yeah, it was. Not wasn't the best day, but you know, um, I work for their the United States Postal Service as a letter carrier. Um, love my job, long hours, but it's so rewarding and relaxing and I walk a lot. So I stay in shape, don't have to worry about working out after work. So that's always a good thing. Nice. Um, what I do for fun? Well, I like to play video games. I'm a gamer at heart. Uh, started playing games when I was very little. Started on the NES. That's the Nintendo Entertainment System for you guys. There you don't go. know what that is, but oh yeah, you're bringing me back. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's the classics, man. Um, yep. And I, you know, I, for a while I did YouTube um, games with my buddies. Did a couple podcasts before, um, and I, that all kind of stopped when we lost our our children. Um, yeah. And I haven't gone back since. <laughs> Interesting. But I'm trying to get back into it, but it's it's hard. Yeah, yeah. It, it upends your life, right? Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like all your stories, it really hits home with me. Like uh, when we lost our kid, um, you know, we we kind of just fled and then, you know, and just kind of distracted us. And so everything that you guys brought up, it really, really 
hit home for me. And actually it was kind of get emotional listening to you guys' uh, story. So yeah. that is a normal part of this uh, Guys in Grief yeah. podcast. Uh, we do it all the time. Scott, before we jump into all that, tell us about your wife, Sarah. Uh, and, um, you know, how long you guys been you guys together, met? where you met, all yeah. that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. You want to know those details? All right. Sure. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so <For> guys, come on. <laughs> So me and my wife met um, at our previous job. Uh, we worked at Walmart. I worked at Walmart for 10 years. Um, I was in hardware and she was the cute girl in Lawn and Garden, you know, and <laughs> I would, I would build. Um, Sounds like a romantic comedy. Yeah. yeah right? that was Superstore. Go- I love that show. Yeah. Oh, dude. We love that store. And like, if you work for retail, it's like the office. Like you totally yeah, exactly. relate to everything that went on that store, like in that show, the show. I've experienced. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It's, so, it's hilarious. Yeah, but I would go out in Lawn and Garden and build grills because I wanted to go out to, you know, kind of see her or whatever. But um, she was attracted to me before I was attracted to her, but we won't get into that. Uh, we, <laughs> there we go. We, we've been together for almost 12 years now. Uh, we got married in 2015. And um, uh, yeah, I mean, we've been love, in All love in ever Erie, since. Pennsylvania? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I met her, she was in college down in Punxsutawney, uh, Indiana, PA. It's really close to Pittsburgh. Yep. And um, I went down, I had, I went to school, a culinary school in Punxsutawney, PA. So we were very close um, and we just hung out there. And um, I, when I went to work, uh, I, I, would, I, I lived in Erie at the time. After, after I graduated, I went back to Erie and then I would visit her on weekends <laughs> down in Indiana, PA. Amazing. Yeah, great. So when did you guys try to start having kids after marriage? Uh, well, we kind of just let God kind of take over. Like, you know, we, we're not going to try. We're, we're not going to prevent it. We're just going to let it have things happen, take the course. Um, and then in 2014, we kind of were starting to try to have some kids and we were really struggling. Um, it just wasn't happening for us. We had no idea why. Um, we were starting to think maybe we couldn't have kids. So we were looking into IVF, um, other, other means to get pregnant. Um, and then we had a, a miracle in 2018 when my wife got pregnant. Um, and I should preface this too. I have a, from my previous relationship, I have a 14 year old son as well. Um, and when, when my wife and I met, he was three years old. And one of the things that really attracted me to her is that she took him in like she was her own son, um, which meant a lot to me. So beautiful. That's awesome. Uh, What's his name? His name is Chris. Excellent. Yeah. Um, but we got pregnant in 2018 and we found out in August and we were so excited because, Oh my God, you know, we're finally pregnant. This is happening for us. This is great. And then one month later, uh, we lost our, our daughter at nine weeks and six days, uh, Celeste, uh, uh, Celeste Evangeline. And, um, we kind of did what you did, Brad, where after we had that loss, we had a trip planned for Disney, uh, to take my son down there. Cause he'd never been to Disney. And that was literally a week after we lost her. And <laughs> I was saying to my wife, I'm like, should we go? Like, sure. Yeah. I'm not, I am not, we were supposed to go to the happiest place on earth and I'm not happy right now. <laughs> yeah. A week yeah. after it was yeah. enough a year after a week yeah. after it had to be tough. Did you go? Yeah, yeah we did. Um, uh, we did that for our son because, you know, this meant a lot to him and sure. we, you know, regardless of how we feel, we gotta be there for our son. You're a good dad. <laughs> I try <laughs> certainly hard. Let me tell you. Um, 
And you know what? We had a good time. Uh, we kind of made us forget for a little bit, which kind of sucks because at this, like you don't want to ever forget your loss, but at the same time, remembering hurts so much. So to kind of forget for that week that we were down there kind of was okay. You know, we kind of just left yeah. everything back in Erie. And when we came back, we dealt with it, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, see, see even, even talking about this now, even though that was almost five years ago, five years ago, it's, yeah, it still kind of like hits me in the chest, you know? So t- talk to us a little bit about kind of your th- discussions and thought process of wanting to keep trying after such a heartbreak. Um, so while we were down in Florida on that trip, we both got tattoos. Um, it is a shooting star with a B because we called our, our kid, uh, Bambino. Cause we, at the time we didn't really know the name. So we just called sure. our little Bambino. Yeah. Um, and we each have a matching tattoo on our, on our left arm. Cause it's closest to our heart. And that was one, our way of honoring our daughter that we lost. And to even think about kids after a loss is almost impossible. Um, yep. I'm a person like when stuff, when something really traumatic happens to me, I, I kind of just try to keep busy, keep myself distracted. Um, I went to work like normal, just try to not think about it. I know that's sometimes not the best way of dealing with, with your grief, but, uh, but very normal. Is this group <laughs> yeah. That's to. why we started this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Let people know that that's normal. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's absolutely normal. Yes. And, uh, yeah, just the thought of kids is just, was crippling to me. And I, I'm, I'm, I told her, I'm like, I don't know if we, like, sh- I, I, how can we do this again? Cause it's, is this going to happen again? You, you, right. know, you wrestle with all these thoughts and we, we kind of just left it alone. And they say, if it kind of left it up to God, you know, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it mm-hmm. doesn't, you know, we'll see what happens. And, um, well, it <laughs> happened again in 2021. Um, in February of 2021, we found out we were due again. Um, and immediately it brought me back to our previous pregnancy, even though, Mm. you know, a lot, you know, three years have passed. So a little time has passed. Um, and to know that we were pregnant again, I'm just thinking in the back of my hand, okay, when, when's this going to happen? You know, is, uh, I I was just thinking the entire pregnancy, are we going to lose him again? You know, are we going to lose this child? Yeah. It was that prevalent for you. Yeah. Yeah, like it's one of those things where both that day to me, I still have nightmares about. It's it, I relive that day every single day since uh, since 2018. Were were the doctors positive, or were they saying you know? Did you have your any head concerns? Up or like, yeah. <laughs> well, it, it was tough because when we went into the doctor when we had our loss in 2018. Um, my wife, I don't want to be like too graphic or anything, but she was basically bleeding everywhere to the point where I knew that we lost our child and she was having a miscarriage. And so we went to doctors and they're like, well, you know, no worries. You know, you could still be pregnant. And we were like telling her like, no, we're telling you right now, we, our child is gone. Like this is, this is not happening. And they checked and there was no baby in there. And, and they, they kind of were like, well, you could always try again. You know, you, you know, 
no crying. Just what you want to hear in that fucking moment. Yeah. And that's my biggest, that's my biggest problem with, with doctors is that a lot of them don't know how to deal with loss and lost parents. So they don't know how to talk to them. Their bedside manner is not that great and kind of gets you angry at them. <laughs> I kind of wanted to punch them in the face in that moment. So <laughs> yeah. it's a good idea for a episode. We'll get a doctor on here so we yeah. can just yell at them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't want to do that. Let's be honest. There's a lot of good no, doctors. No, thank you. Yeah, thank you. There are good doctors. Shit you. Shit you. <laughs> <laughs> So, so let's go. So you, you get pregnant again in 2021. How's Sarah feeling at that time? Because I know you said you were, you know, it was on your mind the whole time. Was she the same? Yeah. Uh, we, we kind of were felt the same way. Um, except I didn't want to talk about it and she wanted to talk about it, which, you know, that's mm. typical for couples where the guy doesn't want to just kind of want to shut down and kind of do their own thing. And, um, but we both felt happy. We felt, you know, we were grateful that it happened because, we kind of chalked it up to the first pregnancy. Well, that was God letting us know that we can get pregnant. We can do this. And I started feeling a little more at peace as we got a little bit further into this pregnancy in 2021 and it, everything was going great, you know, um, until we got up to like nine week mark, you know, and I started thinking around nine weeks, I'm like, okay, this is when we last lost our last pregnancy. What are we going to do? <laughs> what are we going to do? You know, um, and to kind of kind of ease her mind a little bit, uh, there is a place up here I'm trying to figure I kind of remember the name of them, but, um, they can check what the gender is at eight weeks. Um, so we, now we, we said we lost our daughter in 2018, but we don't really actually know if it was a boy or a girl. We just called it our daughter because my wife said in her heart, it was a girl and I, I'm okay with that. I'll say it's Fair a girl, enough. you know? Enough, yes. um, so we didn't want to do that in case we have a loss again. We didn't want to not know the gender. So we decided to figure out, uh, uh, get tests done to get, find out the gender, to get a sonogram and everything. Um, and the baby looked great. Um, and we found out we were having a little boy and which I'm excited about cause I already have a son. So I know how much fun get boys are. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that helped us get us through that nine week mark. Um, and then after that, we were like, almost like someone just took a, a lot of weight right off my shoulders and I felt lighter and I was like, okay, we can do this. We can get through this pregnancy. We, we, we got this, we're going to make it, you know, and we made it th into the second trimester. I'm like, okay, you know, that's one hurdle, you know, it, it, it you, not to kind of jump around though. Um, when you think about pregnancy, especially after a loss, you kind of look at the pregnancy in stages, say, okay, I'm, I, th this is the goal I wanted to achieve. Okay. We made it to this point. Now what's our next goal. Okay. We, we made it to this point. What's our next goal. And that's what we were kind of thinking about, you know, we were trying to make it to the second trimester and then we we're trying to make it to the third trimester and so on yeah. and so forth. Um, but unfortunately in 2021, it wasn't our lucky day again. Um, <sighs> okay. Um, this one's a little more fresh, so it's a little harder for me to take your time. Um, I, and again, just like 2018, this is, I relive this nightmare every single day, going to work, coming home from work. Um, uh, my wife started having contractions at 18 weeks and three days. Um, and, uh, I knew exactly what was happening. 
and I was trying to keep optimistic, but, um, she was like, he'll, he'll, she was kind of cured over in our bedroom and she was like, we gotta go to the hospital. And, um, you know, I didn't want to go to the hospital because I know the doctors were, were bad to us last time. And, and we had some scares previously that we had to go to the hospital for. So like, I didn't want to go back there cause I don't want to waste, you know, spend the night at doctors or uh, in the hospital again, cause they're slow and it takes forever to find out anything. And, but she was in so much pain that I, I, I immediately, it was like, we have to go to the hospital right now. And it was the same deal on the car right down there. She was just screaming in pain. Um, I didn't know if she was going to have the baby in the car. <laughs> um, and so we got to the hospital and again, they, because of COVID they had to separate us, uh, which immediately pissed me off uh, yeah. because I didn't want to be away from her. She didn't want to be away from me. Um, so I had to go to the waiting room while she was getting everything set up. And then they finally brought us together after she kind of like screamed and pleaded for me to, you know, be at her side. And we came in and I'll never forget what the doctor said to us. Um, it was the most heartless thing. She took one look at my wife and she looked up inside and says, Oh, I'm so sorry, sweetie. You're losing your baby. Just like that. Like it was no big deal. <laughs> and I was like, I'm like, what do you, what do you mean we're losing our baby? Like, like I, I had hopes that maybe we, we were, we were okay up until that moment. And then like, it's almost like she just punched me in the face in that moment. And I'm like, what do you mean we're losing our baby? And yeah, apparently my wife was, um, her cervix was, she was already three centimeters dilated. Um, and they said they can't like, once you're, it gets dilated, there's nothing you can do. And so it was kind of just like a waiting game at that point. Uh, so we just kind of stayed in the hospital and, uh, kind of just waited, <laughs> but I'm a, I'm a man of faith. So I was just praying the whole time saying, God, please, please just give us time with our baby or let it, you know, save our baby, whatever we can. And he blessed us because we were in the hospital for three days. Now I thought we were having our baby on our way to the hospital and there was no reason why labor should have stopped or anything, but labor all of a sudden while we went into the room, labor stopped and they checked his, you know, on the ultrasound, checked his heartbeat. He was nice and strong and we're like, okay, well, you know, we're at 18 weeks. I know it's, you know, it's not probably going to be possible, but maybe we can wait out in the hospital for a month and a half and maybe he could be viable and everything's going to be okay. And, um, you know, one day passed, it was good. We were, you know, we had family supporting us. We talked to everybody every single day. We kind of just kind of just watched stuff on Netflix to kind of keep us distracted, listen to his heartbeat, just kind of just kind of told him about our families. And, and then the second day passed, same thing. It was good. I was like, okay, you know, we got this, you know, and things started looking, looking positive, you know? Um, and then we got to the third day and I remember we were on zoom with our family saying, you know, Hey, you know, I think we're going to be okay. You know, we just got to be waited out in the hospital for a while. I know it's doesn't seem likely, but you know, we have high hopes. We're, we're in good spirits. And, um, uh, in the middle of the night at two thirty AM, my wife went into labor again, but this time, uh, she was pushing out my son <laughs> and, um, he came out breathing, uh, I've, which is a miracle in wow. itself. And, she, we had a book for him, uh, that we brought and 
she's like, you know, go read him a book real quick. Cause we knew we didn't have a lot of time. Cause we knew his lungs weren't strong enough. They'll really keep him alive. And so I read him a story and, um, I saw him like, kind of like, she's like, daddy, daddy's here. He's going to read you a story or whatever. And it, it almost looked like he smiled or like his mouth opened up and my heart just broke. And, mm-hmm. um, after I read the book, he passed away after seven minutes being alive. And, uh, we kind of spent the rest of that day just talking to him, holding him, um, just telling him about the family. And I told him if I could, you know, trade my life for yours and switch places with you. I totally would. And I know my wife would be okay with that. You know, she would, everything would be okay. And, um, um, but yeah. And, uh, we had, and didn't think that day that we would have to make funeral arrangements. And so we, we called the funeral home and, uh, we had to decide what we want to do. We want them to be buried or cremated. And we decided to go with cremation, um, just because we didn't want to just the thought of him laying in an empty plot all by himself kind of freaked us out. I know that's a weird thing to think about. Um, but in our, in our minds, we were like, well, he'll be all alone. And, uh, so we decided to get him cremated. Um, and we got him cremated with his little bear that we bought for him. And in the, the outfit that we were going to uh, put him into him when he was born. And, um, yeah, I mean, and, I, I think that day, the hardest thing for me was giving them to the funeral home for the, you know, they had to take them away to get them cremated and, and I didn't want to let them go. And, and in that moment, I'll never I know that I would never see my child again. And that was very, very difficult for me to, to do. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> that's I'm the so long Thank story. you for sharing, Thank Scott. You. That's Thank incredible yeah. and, and powerful. And I think a lot of our listeners are, are going to relate to that. Can you talk a little bit about um, the aftermath and the support system you had and even your thoughts of going back to work? Did you go back to work? You know, obviously this is a, a the second, in, you know, incident that you guys had. I mean, I can't even imagine the pain and, and grief that you, you and your wife were experiencing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So after, after that happened in 2021, um, I told work, I called him in the hospital, just sobbing. I've said, I, I can't go to work on my, I just lost my son. I, I don't know what to do. You know, can you please, you know, just let him, you know, please, I'm not going to be getting to work. I don't know how long, just, uh, please, you know, uh, just give me some time. And, and they were really great. My boss was all wonderful. Um, he said, you know, don't worry about it. Take all the time you need. Just call us whenever you're ready to come back. Um, and they, and they took care of everything. I didn't have to worry about, you know, trying to do FMLA or anything like that, which was really wonderful. Um, uh, I ended up taking a month off. Um, I wanted to take more, but, um, just the thought of not doing anything kind of, you know, I was getting kind of stir crazy. So I I went back to work just to kind of get back in the swing of things again. But, um, again, just like we did in 2018, um, right after we lost our son, we kind of ran away. <laughs> That's what we call it. And, uh, we took a, we just booked a trip to Nashville, uh, not Nashville, um, to Tennessee. We went to Gatlingburg and Pigeon Forge and just kind of nice. just hung out down there and just, just kind of talked about everything, our thoughts. And, uh, so I, I guess you can say that we run away from our situations 
<laughs> no. But, but you're together. I mean, you're, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, it's important that you guys are talking to each other. I think that's important. Yeah. And my wife and I, we, the one, biggest thing for us, and I, t- we, we talked about this very extensively that I said, we will not let this loss destroy us. We cannot. So we got to do whatever we can to keep us together and to keep us going. Cause if we don't have each other, it's going to get even worse for us. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. such a great point. Scott. Talk on that. Uh, so, so what did that look like on a, you know, daily, weekly, monthly basis? What, how did you make that come to, to life? Well, I mean, first of all, the biggest thing for us is we always believe in communication, always talking about our feelings. And up until that point, I honestly was not good with talking with my feelings. Um, I kind of was a kind of, just kept everything to myself, just, you know, being the, 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 the man in the house, as they say, you know, you got to do whatever you can for your family. You got to be the rock for your family. I try to be strong for my family. Um, and I was taught in my life to never show your weakness. So I tried to kind of keep all that stuff bottled up inside me. But one thing I love about my wife is that she told me that it's okay to express your feelings to me and your son and show your, your emotion and your, what, what you're feeling, what you're going through. Um, and ever since then, that's really helped us communicate even more because now whenever we have a problem, I'm not afraid to talk to my wife about it or my son about it, or if he's going through anything, I don't, I, we can talk about it as well. So the weeks after we had our loss, you know, after we had came back from the trip, that was the number one thing we, we did. We just kind of just, hung out, talked to each other and kind of talked about our future, our goals. Um, we kind of talked about like, okay, what do we want to do career wise? Cause at the, at the time my wife was just finishing up her master's degree for teaching. And we, so we kind of see like, oh, what does that look like? You know, what school do you want to go to? Um, you know, interview processes. Um, and I quit my whole, I was doing YouTube for a while. I, I quit that. And I told her, I was like, I can't do any of that kind of stuff. Um, and, and kind of just wanted to talk to see how, um, like, what do we do about this? Like, you know, what do we want to do for our son's anniversary, his birthday for next year? Um, you know, what are we going to do for our grief? Um, and we decided to reach out to Emma's footprints. Um, cause we had talked to them briefly in 2018 when we lost our first one. Um, but we didn't really go into, uh, anything serious. You know, they kind of just talked to us for a little bit and talked about our loss, whatever. And then that was it. I never really talked to them again. Um, but this time in 2021, um, we kind of reached out to them again. Um, they were contacted in the hospital and, What's really great about them is that not only do they think about the women, they think about the men too. They set a care package for me exclusively, um, just kind of just to make me feel better. Um, I, I don't remember what was what was in the contents of that, unfortunately, but um, but that was one of the great things is that they reached out to me personally, which was really wonderful, and I really appreciate them f- uh, for that. Um, and they have a service where you can have talk to counselors um, or uh, you know kind of just talk with each other about our, our grief and what we're going through. So we kind of set that up and we talked to somebody, you know, every week for months on end and 
just to talk about our grief and what we're going to do, how we're going to move on from this. And we did that for almost a year (laughs) and that helped out a lot. So anybody who's dealing with grief, that is my biggest thing I advocate for. It's okay to find help. So, so Scott, what are some things that you and Sarah and your son, Chris, do to kind of honor the name of Dexter and uh, Celeste, anniversary-wise, celebration-wise? I I hear you guys are obviously really tight already. So what are some things that you guys do as a family, do you do things individually, you know, so on and so forth? Uh, We, we... We believe in doing everything as a family. Um, we try to do things together as much as possible. Um, I think that's important. Um, for Celeste, <laughs> it, it shames me to think, but like, I don't think on her passing as much as I do with our son. And, oh, by the way, uh, our son, we named him Dexter. I forgot to mention that. Um, but what we do on her passing is that we just buy some cupcakes and and we just kind of go out to our favorite spot um, at the beach and kind of just think about her and wish her happy birthday and eat our cupcakes in silence just to celebrate her. Um, And Dexter, um, uh, after the year anniversary came around, we were trying to think what we wanted to do to honor him. And so we put on a huge party. My wife's, my wife said, you know, we're never going to celebrate any birthdays or we're never going to have any parties for him. So we want to want to go big, a nice big party, just this one time to celebrate, um, which is kind of a weird thing of, uh, you know, to think about, you know, you're celebrating your, the loss of your child, you know, but it, it helps us deal with our grief, you know? So anybody who's experienced loss, like you guys, you, you totally understand um, mm-hmm. where I'm coming from. I would say, well, I want to celebrate their, the passing sure. of your child. <laughs> yeah. It's a celebration of life. I, yeah. I understand and, that. and that's how actually what we called it. Um, we actually partnered with Emma's footprints and we called it a celebration of life, celebrating, uh, Celeste and Dexter. We did honor both of them and we just invited everybody we knew and we just had a giant party down, um, at Presque Isle, uh, the beach the, that we have down here. Yeah. And it's our favorite place to go to. And, we just had like a Chinese raffle. Um, we had uh, everything was paid for. You didn't have to do anything. And it was just kind of just talking about your losses. And the coolest thing I got from that event um, is a, a, some of my aunts that I haven't seen in forever approached me and talked about, you know, you know, 43 years ago, I, I lost a child too. And mm-hmm. I've never been able to talk to anyone about them. This is the first time I'm bringing them up. And I, I was like, you know, the fact that this was able to make you kind of deal with that has, it was really awesome for me, you know? And I, if it, so it, it helped not only us, but any, anybody else who was at that party who had a loss as well. It's a great point. I think many We're of us can relate one. to that. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. You weren't the only one. Yeah. Yeah. And can, can, uh, yeah. can you just elaborate a little bit about this, the support and some of the things that people might've said to you that Mm -hmm. really helped you through the grieving process, or maybe it's something that somebody did that didn't help you. Oh, absolutely. Um, and it was the wrong thing, but I'd be interested to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah. So it's, it was hard for our families because, uh, my wife has three other sisters. I have two sisters, no brothers on either side. 
Um, and no one in our family has ever had a loss. Um, so they have no idea what we were dealing with and they didn't know how to approach us, how to talk to us. Um, so after we lost our son, Dexter, um, her, we live only like five minutes away from her parents and they invited us because my wife, uh, couldn't go back in the house because last time we were there, she was pregnant with our son and she's, I couldn't stay up in the house. I just can't do it for a while. So we, they offered to have us stay at their house for a couple of weeks, which was awesome. Um, they didn't, you know, we could allowed to do whatever we want. Just, you know, if we wanted to talk about it, we didn't have to talk about anything they wanted to, but they were there for us if they needed us. And my father-in-law kind of, the one thing that I struggled with after that was my faith. Um, I was starting to really question God a little bit just because of the fact that why does this keep happening to us? Why do we have two losses and why can't we just keep our babies? I don't understand. And, and I think that's a lot of people who struggle with their faith probably has those same exact questions. You know, they, they just don't understand. And he shared a lot of wisdom with me that night and kind of brought me back, got back, you know, brought me back to God and kind of made me see the things from a glass half full perspective rather than a glass half empty. And that meant so much to me because I, I was worried that I was going to lose my faith completely, you know, and I, I can understand why people do end up losing their faith after they experience like traumatic events and loss and everything else. Um, so like from that perspective, I completely understand. Um, and then, so most of our families didn't know how to talk to us, approach us about it, but they were there for us if we needed to talk to them, which that's all we wanted. Um, but some of our friends were really awesome, were brought over meals for us so we didn't have to cook dinner. Um, so for, for weeks and months on end, we didn't have to eat anything, make dinners, or, you know, it, not eat anything, but, you know, get yeah, to make dinners. Still taking care of for you. Yeah, yeah. And that was awesome. Um, and some some of her friends actually had losses them, themselves, so they completely understood us. And, you know, we so we talked to them for a little bit. And and so I found that talking to people who went through the same thing as us or a similar situation, it was easy f for to talk. It was easy to talk to about our grief just because it wasn't so awkward. Because I know it's... Um, like whatever you talk to family who has never experiencing a loss or anything like that, it's very awkward. Um, even if you bring their name in normal conversations, they kind of just don't know how to respond. And like, even to this day, like when we send like Christmas cards or anything, we always sign Celeste and Dexter after our names too, because they are our kids and we always talk about our kids and we want to talk about our kids. And we hope that people want to listen to us talk about our kids. Yeah, um, that makes great. sense. Yeah. Speaking of uh, of your kids, I think if my math's right, and I know we're running near the end of time here, but would would be really interested to understand. It, it looks like Chris would have been twelve yes. when you lost Dexter. Yeah. Um, I, if I'm recalling from our guests and, and certainly our experiences, that is the the oldest that uh, the, there was an older child mm -hmm. in that relationship when many of us had younger kids and you know the the innocence of of little children. Mm -hmm. What was that like with a you know preteen going through all of this? Um, it's hard. Um, my son is just like me. He likes to just keep things inside. Doesn't want to talk about his feelings at all. Um, and as a parent, it's hard. Like you know how do you explain to your 12 year old, like what's happening? You know, he was so excited for both of our, 
both of our pregnancies because he was going to have, we were finally able to give him a sibling. You know, he waited so long and it's been such a long time since, you know, since he was born. <laughs> and um, mm -hmm. so he kind of just kind of keeps silent to himself. He doesn't really talk about his siblings at all, uh, never wants to look at their pictures. Um, we have his urn in a case at our house when we have a, a st one thing I forgot to mention is that we, after we lost Dexter, uh, we have a stuffed teddy bear that um, we recorded his heartbeat on and we put it inside the, the teddy bear. So every, so every once in a while we listen to his heartbeat, which is is amazing. <laughs> and every once in a while I go over there and, and just listen to it and cry. And But my son has a hard time. He doesn't want to go over over there, which I completely understand. He doesn't want to look at pictures. So I said, whenever you are ready to talk about him or see him, he's there and we are here for you. But um, yeah, even two years later, he kind of just doesn't really talk about him, um, yeah. which, you know, it's totally understandable. You know, he's still 14. He's still young. doesn't understand loss and stuff. And yeah. So tell us a little bit about where you are now as a relationship with Sarah. You know, I, I we talked a little bit before we started the podcast that you might want to start your own podcast. And I commend you for being so honest and talking about your feelings. Give us a little take on what you're thinking and where you guys are as a couple. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we are great. Um, we've actually never been more in love and never been happier than we've ever been. And and I think it was large in part Emma's footprints and our faith that kept us going. Uh, we had a great support system. Um, we have a great doctor now that we could talk to about anything. And the reason why I bring up doctor is because one year later, after we found out we were pregnant with Dexter, we got pregnant again. And this time the story is a lot different. Um, our son Bowen Dexter Scott was born uh, October 21st, 2022, or 2023, excuse me. Um, so, or 2022 <laughs> this year, <laughs> whatever. We're going in the future. Here. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. so now I have a, so now I have a four month old. Um, but that pregnancy, Amazing. that pregnancy was crazy because it's almost like God was talking to us in that moment because it was like the exact same timeline as Dexter. So that whole pregnancy, we were freaked out the entire way. Um, and we found out the reason why we lost Dexter was because my wife had an incompetent cervix. Um, it just opened up and there's nothing, nothing you can do. And they said, unfortunately, there's nothing you can do about it. So for this pregnancy, we had what they call a cerclage done. It's a mm -hmm. seizure surgery where you they just close it. They just sew it all up nice and tight. And that seemed to do the trick. And we were able to have a successful pregnancy and... Good for you. Yeah. We are so happy for you. We're so happy Thank you. for you. Yeah. Congrats. But well, we it, are. We're, go ahead. No, but the the best thing. I'm just, I just want to say the best thing after a loss is to celebrate a birth of a child, and that that is the best way to help deal with your grief. Um, I never thought that that would actually help me with my grief. I thought it was going to make it worse, but it actually really helped a lot. Absolutely. We're so happy for you, Scott. Thank uh, you. Uh, many men do get that experience. Many don't. But uh, those that do, that's uh, it's pretty beautiful. So congratulations. Thank you. I know. Amazingly, we're... Yes. Mm -hmm. What's that? 
Send us pictures. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And and Please we also do. and we gave him um, his middle name Dexter Donner, his brother. And yeah. I can't wait to tell him that story of why he has his yeah. that name. Um, and we ha- and we also have a tradition in our family that we always give the first male, well, in this case, second male, third male in our family our our name as their middle name. So that's why he's it's Dexter Scott as well. Um, Wonderful. Yeah. Well, Scott, uh, I can't believe we're already almost up to an hour here. Uh, we could talk to you for a long time, and I got a feeling <laughs> this won't be the end of it. But uh, as we always love to do, we want to give you the final words here to uh, speak anything on your heart and certainly to speak Dexter and Celeste's name. So I just want to say, uh, first of all, you brought off our my podcast that I'm about to get started. Um, it's going to be called the Unimaginable Stories Podcast, where we're going to be covering Stories similar to this, where I want to bring on people talking about trauma, infant loss, PTSD, um, and things, just stories that are all real and relatable, that kind of learning how to deal with situations after a loss and after any traumatic event, because we've experienced a lot of things in our life. So I just wanted to point that out because you brought that up. Um, we wish you all the best, man. Thank you. And we're in we're in your corner to yep. support. And thank you so much for having me on. Um, I, it was an honor to talk about my kids on on here because I'm always I'm always willing to talk about my my children. And I'm glad that you guys started this for we have something to go to for for help. And I hope it helps out a lot of people. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you, Scott. Can I say one thing? I'm yeah. I'm so jealous of you to have your baby's heartbeat inside of a teddy bear. I think that's <laughs> yeah. fantastic thing. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I didn't even know my, that was a that thing. Is, that's so I amazing. agree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we went to a Build-A-Bear after. And and the weirdest thing about that is that that heartbeat that we recorded, that was the last heartbeat that I heard before we lost them. So that's it. So beautiful. It, and that was like that's three. So yeah. And so that means even more to me than anyone could ever imagine. I, I, I don't know. And if it ever runs out, I'm sure we can get replaced because we have the recording Absolutely. still. So, <laughs> hey, and you know what? If you can, if you can send us a video of that, man, we'd love to share Absolutely, that on our social. Eh? I Absolutely. think it's, it's inspiring. I can well, do Scott, that for you. It's been <laughs> incredible getting to meet you. Uh, we are uh, so honored that you shared your stories, Dexter's and Celeste. Uh, you know your rainbow with Bowen and uh, and. and the good work that you're going to put back into the world too with your podcast. So we hope to be a part of that journey and support in any way we can. Oh, thank and you so again, much. thank you. Thank, thank you, you for being here with us. Oh, absolutely. Brian, Thanks for having Brandon. Me on. Absolutely. We love you yeah, guys. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. Listeners. Yeah. Uh, thank you for, for tuning in and we'll talk to you next week. Love you guys. Love you. Love you. If you valued from this content, We ask you to share this podcast with others that can equally benefit. Leave us a five-star review on whichever platform you're listening to help us improve our outreach and to follow Guys in Grief on Instagram and Facebook. Also, if you'd like to join us and share your story, email us at guysandgrief at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.